Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Flytrap Podcast. My name is Christian. Thank you for listening. Make sure to hit that like button or subscribe depending on whatever platform you're on. As you can tell by the title, this episode is all about NFTs and a little bit of cryptocurrencies. If you pay attention to social media, you'll keep seeing the term NFT being used everywhere. The definition of an NFT is a non-fungible token. I'm not going to even attempt to explain it because I still do not fully understand it myself. So that's why I have my subject matter experts, um, Alan Conception. It's his second time on the podcast and my buddy, Jonathan Marcel. They will say that they're not subject matter experts, but to me, they are. They definitely know 10 times more about NFTs. So I appreciate both of them coming on and dropping a lot of knowledge on me. Depending on who you ask, NFTs and cryptocurrencies are here to stay. Make sure to stick to the end of the podcast, uh, hear their plugins for their social media. With that being said, I hope you guys all enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what up, Marcel? How's it going, man? I could, uh, I could bear a little, it's a little muted. Yeah. Big shout out to my boy, Christian Tate Lerma. Um, I was listening to a podcast and I thought about you, Christian. Oh, really? uh, It was the Joe, it was the Joe Rogan, Theo Vaughn podcast. That was the funniest, dude, it was the funniest podcast ever. Oh, for sure. I, I think I know which one you're talking about. Just recently where they were talking about ketamine therapy. Yeah. Uh, He was like, uh, he kept on repeating. He's like, okay, so, uh. Okay, Theo, how was your ketamine? How was your trip? And he's like, Theo, I was like, well, you, you know, you know, it starts off, uh, 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 it starts, you know, sitting down with the night. And I was like, dude, this is exactly how I feel like if you did ketamine, right? Like that's a controlled space and it's happening more frequently too, right? So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he was saying some pretty crazy stuff. He was saying like he felt like a, like a tonsil or like a cryptocurrency flowing <laughs> through the blockchain. Like. Hey, but you, you got to understand, dude, Theo Vaughn is the quickest. He's very quick. It, like, he's like, <laughs> he's so on the fly, dude. He can well, make that's shit the thing up. with like comedians. Like they, yeah, they he's underrated intelligent people like you. They're they're quick and witty. So, <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? Marcel, nice to meet you, man. I'm sorry for the little side gig, but um, no worries. Is that, is that better? Uh, uh, it's still kind of muffled. Yeah, it's still kind of muffled. Okay, hold on. I might just have to do my my actual mic. You got you got to plug in the turtle beaches. Yeah, I got to plug in the, the the little blue snowball mic over here, but I got to find the fucking cord, which I lost, I think. So give me a second. Uh, don't worry. You want a green screen? That's pretty tight. Nah, it's just the background. But luckily, my wall is basically white. So oh, Okay, that's what I was going to say. Dang, that's... That's a cool ass green screen. My, my shit would not do that. That's what I need, dude. Like a portable green screen. Oh man. Or just get uh some car uh the the paper mache like green and just no no dude a, a a fucking gaming chair that pulls up like a fucking tent and it goes like that. <laughs> dude, no. I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan of gaming chairs. Like I really don't see like the the hype behind all of them. Like I I I dude, I just got to, like, this I from Amazon. Like, yeah, like see I just cool with like like that. Like I'm I'm a I'm a basic girl. Like I just Man. like uh just my little wobbly chair. Like I'm cool with it. 
dude, once you sit in a chair, like I started working out again, once you sit in a chair for 12 to 15 hours again, man, it's, it's now I have like working, I got to get upgraded my chair. Cause like, I mean, I work from my little office space at home, but just sitting, sitting down for freaking from like eight in the morning until five, six, seven o'clock. Like, yeah, got to upgrade oh, my game with my, uh, my chairs. Dude, you got to be like the gaming industry for the gaming manufacturing industry, like who makes like chairs and all these headset peripherals and stuff. Dude, they're killing it right now, you know? Oh, yeah. Like uh, when I was at Dell, like they were like a lot of their like at that time when I was there, they were just always like pushing like peripherals, 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 like with the because I think they partnered with like Logitech or something like that. Um, so they they sell a lot of like Logitech um, peripherals and I mean Logitech is like it's I think it's kind of cheap uh, some of the items but I mean you get like yeah good for the like the money you pay yeah um, you're right I just I just recently got the G815 the clickety clack ones because I switched from and pro um, and it 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 was a good two weeks that felt really good with the keyboard. And then after you break it in, dude, it just feels so flimsy. You know what I mean? Like Like I have, I got my little Logitech mouse and I mean, it hasn't done me wrong yet. So is that the one that uh, like lights up? Yeah, but you could hear. Oh, Uh, ASMR. (laughs) That's for the viewers. My listeners, you got to hold it closer to your mic. Oh, you can't hear it. That's some weird ASMR keyboard. I, I got lost in TikTok the other day and I was on a ASMR keyboarding rabbit hole. It was wild. I, I hate, <laughs> I hate like when uh, late at night when I'm scrolling through TikTok and I, I, I end up on those uh, lives. And it's just like a girl just like talking into the mic and or has like the little like uh I don't know what it's called, but she's going around in like a cup making like the sound of put you to sleep. Oh my god, dude. That's when you that means you're deep inside. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, that didn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, freaking uh, no, I'm just kidding. But this is gonna be your second time on the podcast, huh? Yeah, dude, this is this is a thing. How exciting, man! Yeah, Listen, my, my dad, my dad always asks, he's like, "How's your your buddy Alan doing?" The the one that was on your podcast, always, <laughs> always just working. Yeah, um, it's cool, man. I, I think if you see yourself from like last year and then this year, it's a way different. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And I mean, like, I haven't. The past four months, just like with work and everything, I, I mean, I call these excuses, but like I haven't been able to like work on it like I was. But now I'm, yeah, I've already recorded three episodes, and then I'm doing one after this, so I'm just gonna release all four and yeah, go at it. Oof. But uh, Marcel, is your uh, mic work now? Yeah, tell me, does that sound better? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent better. <laughs> Perfect. All right, cool. All right, guys, well, welcome, uh, welcome to Fly Trap Podcast. This is uh, Alan's second time on the podcast. This is Marcel. Marcel's uh, first time. It's been a long time since I've seen Marcel. Uh, we're buddies from high school. And then Alan, met him in college, a pretty cool dude, and mentors me sometimes. But yeah, man, welcome to the podcast. 
Well, both of you. Well, thanks it. for having us, uh, Mr. Tate Lerma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, second time on the podcast, I feel like that's a that's a journey, and, and I'm glad to be back. So, yeah, my you. first time on a podcast in a while. I know I was doing mine late last year, but as you can tell, trying to scramble to find a mic that works, it's it's been a while. So. It happens. There's always like something technology wise that happens right before I'm about to do my podcast, whether it's like the mic not working or Zoom not wanting to record. Yeah, uh, but yeah, always. but but I have you guys here. You guys are my NFT experts, and that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, I've yet to pull the trigger. I know we have the the group chat going, but I've yet to build uh pull the trigger on an NFT. Uh, right now I'm just building up my crypto wallet. I'm just depositing every every. Day. Friday when I get paid to uh, build up my crypto wallet and eventually, hopefully, pull the trigger if it's not too late. Um, Bam, man, you guys are my subject matter subject matter experts. So, um, well, I mean, I'll I'll take the floor first, real quick, and first and foremost, it's a it's a fun journey, and we just talked about this yesterday on another podcast on metapreneurship.io and. I think jumping into this NFT uh, bubble or whatever's going on right now is, is, is a f- very rewarding experience if you do your due diligence, right? And I think it, it, it's the foundation of researching a project and making sure that you know that this project is well-backed, that the community, is, especially on Discord, that is, is a very active community. Um, you know, you want to look at a lot of projects that are, that are huge right now or in the hundreds of thousands of discord members. Right. And they weren't, they weren't big in the beginning, but that snowball effect, right. Is, is really when you're looking at projects. Another thing to look out for is, is, is how the community is responding to these types of NFTs. For example, it's about relevancy, right? I mean, a lot of people that are buying apes and right now, board ape yacht club or whatever ape, they're they're jumping on someone's advertising. Um, there's a lot of apes out there. There's a lot of 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 kind of like side projects, and that's that's great for the competition, right? So you have to understand that not not all apes are going to be board ape yacht club, right? So verification is important when you look at a user or an organization making these NFTs. And then the last thing I think for, for a lot of people to understand is, is you can't predict the, the whole scheme of this project, right? So, I mean, this project can be like a CryptoPunk that was 20 bucks and now it's 500 ether for oh, the for average, sure. <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster ride and, this is we're pioneers. Where whatever we're doing right now, we're going to be pioneers of the NFT because we've never had this before. And you know, unless that you know, you have to learn from mistakes, and it hurts when you lose money. And I, you know, you'll go through like stages where you're like ebbs and flows. Like man, my NFT is down, blah blah blah. But you have to realize it's. I feel like it's more of a, of how much you love this project versus a commodity, right? So that's why the biggest projects that are doing amazing is because there's a lot of passion and a lot of backing in, in, in those projects. But that's it for me. 
Signing <laughs> <off>. <laughs> all right good I'm talk buddy good talk but uh yeah. yeah so like i mean i'm still i would say i'm still a baby when it comes to the nft i'm still trying to learn uh i know i've asked marcella's question I, you could it's an easy question to answer with a quick google search but just for people who aren't listening especially i know like people like my mom uh, or my dad uh whenever i tell them like i mentioned the word nft they're like they have no idea what i'm talking about so yeah it doesn't make sense to them yeah right. it doesn't yeah. make sense and i don't know how to explain it because i mean i me, i don't really know how to explain it to them so in your guys's opinion how would you guys i guess categorize or define an nft so in my opinion or really what i think an nft is is it's a digital asset that can be easily replicable right i mean it could be a picture a song you know, a video, whatever, the typical JPEG kind of analogy um, that is tied to a scarce digital token. Uh, so we, we all know about the ERC kind of standards, right? So there's ERC 20, which means that it's easily fungible. That's what our most cryptocurrency are on the Ethereum blockchain are made of on that standard. So you can make millions or billions depending on the code. Um, I believe the ERC for, uh, for NFTs, I think it's like 720. And basically that means there's only a certain amount of those specific tokens, right? Mm -hmm. And each one can be unique. So that's why your NFT, your one-on-one -on -one is unique in that sense, because it's backed by this specific token is that specific token with this code, right? And it's attached to this digital asset, whether it's a Boyd Yacht Club or a CryptoPunk or a parcel of land on, um, you know, Decentraland or Sandbox. So that's... The easiest way to explain it, right? <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> uh, so when you say ERC, what do you what do you mean? Because I mean, I, Alan probably knows what that means, but for me, I you know, I, my uh, technical uh, verbiage isn't that great. Yeah. So this is the first time I'm talk talking about this out loud to like a group of people. Usually it's in my head, but um, <laughs> so sorry if I if I go around in circles. But no, ERC, no worries, man. I believe it stands for I think it's like Ethereum request for comments. So I forgot what the E stands for, but basically it's a standard. Um, so when you're coding a decentralized app, you, you need a way to be able to accept multiple types of tokens. So for example, if you're coding on the Ethereum blockchain, right, there's so many different types of cryptocurrencies that are built out of the Ethereum blockchain. So how do you build an app that can work on all these different projects, right? So they set up a standard to allow to do so. So it doesn't matter if you're using Hex token or Ohm or whatever, as long as it fits that standard, it can function in your app, if that makes sense, okay. right? So it's like a format you can use to build out your, your, your token in your, um, your currency. Okay. And, and just, you know, just for the sake of, you know, those that are listening, uh, you know, there's hundreds of digital currencies that, you know, are around there. Just, you know, the most popular one, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Solana, XRP, Matic, Ada, yeah, Cardano. I have, yeah. And they all, they all have their own different function and, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm, not an expert of each of their functions or I'm able to speak on them, but I just, for the sake of it and what's going on, like, you know, I'm going to hop on the, the hype train, go and buy, you know, some digital, digital currencies, some uh, cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, oh, yeah go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. The thing I was going to say, it, it's almost impossible to keep up with everything that's going on in the space. Right. Um, so we have to remember this is decentralized and it's open source. So anyone can go get the code and build their own coin. Literally, you can literally mimic the Ethereum code and start your own token with that, right? Um, so it's, it's impossible to keep up with all the different tokens that are coming out and what's useful, what's not. 
So when you're jumping into the space, don't try to keep up with everything, right? It's like stock investors for, that want to know what every company is doing. It's impossible. Focus on the three that you might understand the most and really dive in deep. And if you realize one of those doesn't fit your investment plan or what you like, then find another one that might be in the same kind of vertical if that makes sense. Absolutely. I th think that's a great, that's a great explanation, Marcel, about the whole project-based and th thesis-driven, you know, uh, formula for all these blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Um, but, you know, in, in any market, digital ad space right now is so popular, right? Because yeah. of the shift of, of technology and the shift of what happened this past year and a half or two years. You know, we talked about this in the last podcast when we were talking about Vaxxer, right? So the pandemic definitely created a type of economy, the pandemic economy that pushed a lot of these crypto currencies, these crypto projects further and further, because now that we have valuable asset of time, and now we can work on these projects at home, and now we can make sure that the, the, the timeline is, is, is actually now attainable. You know, some of these projects that you think, you know, the metaverse wasn't really even popular until this year, right? The most search thing on google right now is metaverse right yeah, especially all, with the uh, facebook's uh, name change to meta change to meta which was now, all the marketing ploy in my opinion yeah i mean <laughs> it's it, it's kind of crazy like now in like this past year like facebook you know just drops a uh, their name to changing the meta and then now everybody's you know following suit uh that's just like what the media is focusing on about you know adidas like releasing their nfts nike and, you know acquiring yeah, Nike yeah. acquiring Artifact, a NFT startup. Um, but it, it's, it's a common occurrence, right? It's the adoption curve. So early on, if you were in crypto or in blockchain in general, kind of early Web3, you didn't see many people talking about it. It was like a niche edge community of people that really believed in it. And then all of a sudden, in the span of what, six to eight months, it just kind of skyrocketed. And if you look up the adoption curve, you'll see exactly that phenomenon, right? Where it's like, really slow, flat curve, and then it just takes off and it keeps accelerating, accelerating. And eventually you'll hit a mass, you know, mass number of users that it'll kind of plateau out. And that's when you consider that technology mass adopted. Um, yeah, and I, I think it, we're just starting that, that kind of take off right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause I mean, like, you know, since this whole like explosion of, you know, of it in the media of NFTs and, you know, web three, um, you know, uh, crypto punks, I, I saw an article about, them being around since 2017 and I was, I, I was just getting out of high school I graduated in 2016 had barely hearing about like crypto not even hearing about a crypto punk so it's just kind of crazy of the that huge explosion of everybody just hopping on nfts and and uh everyone's trying to have their piece of the pie for sure it's funny because crypto punks were actually released for free so you could have picked one up for no cost other than gas fees and held it for what four years and been netted set, 500,000 plus dollars. Yeah. Been set for, you know, for a couple of years, if not life, depending on how many you picked up and what they're currently like trading at or selling at. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? That absolutely, dude, Christian, you hit, hit it right on the spot. Marcel, you guys hit it right on the spot. But here's the biggest thing we haven't really like thought about under our nose is like a company called Niantic, Niantic, you know, came up with this in 2004 company keynote, 
and they were taking augmented reality of maps. And then Google, a company that was just blowing up, decided to buy that company, right? And renamed it Google Maps. So this company who's been training us as a young, young adults or these kids that invented a, a game called Pokemon Go using the resources of individual cameras and building this whole universe of data and guess what they're using? They're data mining, right? So they've already been planning this for a, for a long time. Now that the technology is advancing at a super rapid pace, they have the platform, which is Pokemon Go, Google Maps, of creating a artificial, you know, augmented universe. And that's why a lot of these NFTs, you know, these, these metaverse that are exploding right now is, is, is trying to hop on who's first, who's the, who's going to be the pioneers, For sure. who's going to be the founding fathers of Mount Rushmore, you know, they're <laughs> going to be cemented and, and forever. Right. So the rush, the rush of the digital, I say frontier, but in a span of <laughs> happened in a year and a half, right. How fast did that happen? Super fast. It, it's it's disturbing how no one really talks about COVID anymore, but they talk about space. It, you know, they talk about Tesla and they talk about NFTs. You know, that's that's the top two trending subjects. So we we look at it and we can't believe it, but nothing that happened in the last two years we can't believe. I mean, what's what's real and what's fake anymore? And and that's the beauty of NFTs is there's really not an explanation of how or what or what will happen after the fact but we know that now people are utilizing nfts to affect real life right um and a great example would be chipotle i think i posted it on my Facebook the other day chipotle um i think has land either i think on sandbox or decentralized land oh it's uh it wasn't on roblox they tried yeah, yeah okay there you go roblox which Another big company that's been training these kids, you know, Sandbox VR is basically Roblox, right? Mm-hmm. Look, they f- got an app for a free burrito in the metaverse. And it's what? One million people actually exchanged it for real life goods. So now that tangible asset from the digital side has shifted over and transcended into the physical realm. So that's, that's the complexity of it, right? I mean, that's real life how nfts work i mean that's the clearest example you're getting a digitized form of value or token in the digital sphere and whatever you decide to interpret with it whether it's you know a set of ethereum tokens or solana or a jpeg um you know that's your utility right whatever you can manage to translate that and you know that's the race is the race for digital ads um for the metaverse because that's really what we're trying to achieve right i mean what is a metaverse without competition or mm. having needs and wants? um but it, it goes even dirt deeper and i'm sure there's a lot of you know projects right now that are expanding our horizon <laughs> you know um we're 
we're still kind of not even on the tip of the iceberg, to be honest. We're still yeah, we're we're just scratching the surface at the moment. Yeah, we're still in its infancy. I mean, so my 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 question to you guys, like we you guys have both said about you know this huge explosion of you know the metaverse and NFTs and the popularity and it, it you know it gets brought up all the time of NFTs and cryptocurrencies being a huge bubble, being the equivalent of the dot com bubble. Um, I guess my question to both of you guys is what is, what is your guys' opinion as whether the NFT world is just one giant bubble waiting to pop or is it just going to be a thing that if you don't learn about, you're going to be left behind? Um, so what do, you, what do you guys think? I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think everything right now is a bit of a bubble. I mean, used car sales, housing yeah. Uh, we we just raised our debt ceiling for another 2.5 trillion. So imagine where that money's going to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, you see businesses that are definitely overvalued and overrated. You, everything for whatever reason is sold out. So I don't think it's just crypto and NFTs, but there is definitely a saturation in the market right now. And there are a lot of NFT projects, crypto projects that are just a bit, you know, overvaluated. So there should be no reason why pink dolphin club is netting $24 million in sales, right? (laughs) People hoping that they're going to get some crazy return. Um, So we will eventually see some type of correction. You know, a lot of these projects will go to zero and you hear, of course, you hear like Gary Vee and a lot of these guys talk about it, but it's true, right? It's, it's similar to the dot-com bubble where people are just experimenting right now. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are experimenting and really iterating and innovating, creating something new that will push the space forward will probably survive. Right. But then the ones that are just copying, trying to get a cash grab, they're the ones that are going to crash. Um, and one thing people don't realize is that the NFT space, there are a lot of young kids, mainly a lot of artists, right, that are maybe have a little bit of experience coding that are at this point trying to run businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's definitely not going to be a high success rate there. It's, it's almost impossible. It's statistically impossible. Right. I, Something I, I'm has glad to you correct there. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, young kids uh, getting into the space because, I, I, you know, I jumped on the Internet today during work. Uh, I logged on, whatever. Um, and the first article that popped up was a 12 year old making her first million. She made one point two million with an NFT that she had created a 12 year old already a millionaire right. in the NFT space. Uh, so, it's, I mean, I didn't I didn't click on it. Um, but that's definitely an article I want to go back and read and just, you know, just that just reinforces what you just said about, you know, kids getting involved. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There might be some kids out there that are just superstars and they get it and they can come in and build something fantastic, but you could already see a lot of these projects have no clue what they're doing. Right. Um, You know, some of these guys, that's why they refer to like, Oh, it's just the art, right. I'm selling my art. So that's why I deserve to net 2 million. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. People really like your artwork you're a great artist, sure. But if you're coming in promising, oh, well, we're going to build a game or we're going to create a DAO and do all these crazy things, you have to have some type of prowess and competence to actually achieve that. And it's not easy. So I think right now you can see it. If you join most discords, there are going to be a lot of angry people about why is the price dropping? Can we do something, right? The, the common meme can <laughs> let's go to Let's go to Reddit and pop up this NFT. Like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, but there will only be, a, a, you know, a slight few that I think will come out of the ground or come out of this correction, whatever that is, um, and really keep building the space forward, which I think is a healthy thing for any environment. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think what we don't really talk about in crypto and, and 
in the NFT space is scams, right? So scamming, that's the number one um, combatant of our our news is, is either you hear a really good news or just really bad news. And unfortunately, there's always going to be two sides. You know, there's going to be good versatile. I mean, no matter what religion you're in, right? Um, and that's that's one thing that I think is super important with trying to facilitate your due diligence on finding a good project is making sure that you correct and, and label your projects according to how much you could lose, right? I think a lot of people forget the fact that you can lose all your money, right? And that happens is a rug, a rug pool, right? Basically, the definition is a low key or a high key Ponzi scheme, you know, <laughs> it's going to keep on um, just domino affecting asking for money, asking for money, invest this, invest that. And I've seen it. I've seen projects that have been pulled. I've seen the biggest flop, I think, of 2021 when the Mecca first, I think a lot of steam um, went with that whole publication or I, I don't know. I don't know who was involved in that. And they, I think, I think they did a great job. It might've been in the music industry or something. That's all I saw from DJs. It's like the Mechaverse, blah, blah, blah. You know, pre-Mint, they were going for four or five eat, right? Um, the next day, guess what? 0.5, one, two, you know? Why? Because all of them sucked. They literally looked like the same Gundam or whatever. They literally did not use quality control. I feel like the project that they used 95% marketing, 5% of making these trades, whatever, right? So the crazy thing about what people don't realize is scammers are working harder and they're smarter and you could lose all your money in a flash. That being said, let me pick up this because it's my mom. Be right back. No, no, no worries. Um, no, yeah, no, so like with that being said, I know Marcel um, and Alan just touched on it. You know, we've talked about, you know, there's a lot of copycats out there. And one way, I guess, to combat against it is seeing how active those Discord uh, communities are and checking on Twitter. Um, but, you know, my, I don't know, my skepticism for that is it, is it possible to build that fake community and that hype behind uh, and just you get duped oh, uh, within sure. the Discord? For sure. There's, like you said, scammers are becoming extremely complex and sophisticated, right? So you'll see pages pop up and, and all of a sudden in a week's time, they have 20,000 followers. And you look mm. at the project and it's like 20,000 <laughs> for this, right? So they can buy bots, they can buy followers. They can buy people that act like they're members, right? One scammer can run a, you know, four to five thousand dollars, four thousand bot network and act like they're four thousand different people by posting generic tweets and making it seem like um, they're actually doing something, right? Uh, so you really got to be careful. And again, like you said, you, you know, you have to really do your research and understand that you could lose everything, right? Everything you put in can get disappear. It's not, it's not like a stock, right? If mm -hmm. I buy a stock of AT&T and somehow, some way AT&T crashes, you know, I doubt it's going to go to zero. And even then you have some signs. Meanwhile, you could buy a, you can buy an NFT project and the next day, no one's buying it. 
right? And there's no way to get rid of it. There's no way to get your money back there. So there are definitely less protections and it's up to the consumer to really do that research to make sure they're buying into the right things. Yeah. Um, and that's super important because I've seen people and I've, I know somebody that got all of his money taken away from his wallet and it's, oh, it's common, right? So we look at your wallet, right? So the other day, here's a, here's a real time example of scamming. So I look at my Coinbase wallet and I see dxdex.io airdrop me 100,000 tokens, megadoge.org airdrop me 1,000 tokens, and zeep.io airdrop me 750,000 tokens. Hmm. Does that sound too good to be true? Absolutely. All those three coins are a scam coin, meaning once you connect to pull out or to exchange through their server or their blockchain, they'll have access to any and every thing that you logged in, right? And guess what? It's happening because people don't do their due diligence and look at and type up their coin and research. Why is there 750,000 coins in my wallet? Hmm. I wonder who and wonder <laughs> why. Because if it's too good to be too, <laughs> true, it's too good to be true. And that's something that they're getting they're getting smarter, like Discord groups. Um, I think a friend of mine clicked on a raffle on a Discord group yep. that managed to be a Coinbase um, signature authorization request, which I don't know how they coded this or how to, I don't know how they um, cloaked themselves to becoming like a moderator of the Discord, right? Which wow. is amazing. Um, and guess what? The next day, all of his 1,000 NFTs are gone. I've actually, I've actually, I've seen that with uh, this influencer that I follow. I think it was her who posted a crypto Casey. She mentioned that you know, she gets a lot of, uh, uh, you know, random coins that get sent to her wallet, and uh, she knows not to open them. But I, I know she's touch on the, you know, pe- some of her followers that will go to her and say like, oh, I opened, uh, you know, I just got these these many coins and I opened it and next thing you know their crypto wallet is just empty uh but it it just goes back to what you guys are saying that you know scams are getting better and these scammers are getting smarter and it's kind of it's kind of scary because you know you don't know what's legit nowadays and you can do the due diligence all you want and you're 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 done you have your wallet cleared out and because a lot of this is open source like we said earlier right it's easy for these scammers to look at a legit project just copy enough of it and change just a bit of their smart contract to then make it a scam, right? So I can look at a successful NFT drop, like, mm, I don't know, something like Board 8 Yacht Club, and I could take their model, change it to where I'm pumping up my project. Oh, like, look at this new project. It's the angry gorilla group, right? Or whatever. People will get all hyped about it. They go and try to mint for my contract on my website. And guess what? As soon as they click accept or allow the transaction, the transaction they actually allowed was me to train their wallet. So there, there's a lot of complex ways these guys can go about it. So you have to be really careful of like, okay, is their Twitter legit? Is it is this organic, you know, um, people engaging with them? You know, is their Discord legit? Or do I see people constantly raising red flags? And mm-hmm. listen to the actual legit influencers, I would guess, in the space, because they can usually tell you, oh, no, like, yeah, be careful with this project. I've gotten a lot of, you know, people telling me that it's a scam, blah, blah, blah. Um, but even then in that case, it's hard to find it. It's hard for them to find them all out, um, ahead of time. 
Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, definitely interesting, uh, you know, uh, to see, you know, all these like crypto influencers in, in the space, you know, just give people advice and want to pull people into the hype of, you know, all these NFTs. And then people like me who like to resell, try to get in and end up buying the wrong thing and just are out money. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to see more uh, kind of use case in the real world. Uh, I know the last time when I sent you a DM, uh, you were at the Van Gogh exhibit, right? Yeah. Um, and you brought up the point where you could see, you know, NFTs taking, uh, you know, taking, uh, having their, their, I don't know what I'm trying to say, having, you know, presenting the nfts in you know that real world uh but it's a digital art show in real life yeah uh, and I, I think that's really interesting and i could definitely see that happening um especially you know I, I i was flying back from california just recently and i was watching the documentary um the last leonardo um and it was a uh, it was one of the long lost paintings of leonardo da vinci and the whole uh, documentary was about them trying to verify if this was actually a painting from Leonardo. And it was going through all of these uh, uh, brokers and the valuation was just getting insane and ended up selling for like 650 million. And there's still question today of, of its authenticity. Uh, but when it comes to the NFT space, uh, that is, that that's something that, uh, that kind of combats against that the authentic authenticity of that that nft art or that nft song um so me personally i would like to see more like nft in real person uh, art exhibits going on yeah and they're starting to pop up you just i was just rambling the there but <laughs> <laughs> just sort of popping up but um so what a going into the real world what are some of these real world events that are happening where people are are going and getting involved uh, within the NFT space, kind of that merge of uh, Web 3.0 and into the real world? There's a lot of different things. I think a lot of it's like conferences. So there's still a lot of, you know, Ethereum Foundation conferences, Solana conferences, just crypto conferences in general that people go and talk about these things. Um, but more recently, you've had a lot of these NFT projects kind of set up these large events, right? So there's like NFT NYC, where it was just people in the community flocked New York, a bunch of these projects had different events scheduled around the city. Board 8 Yacht Club had like rented out a, a club and set up this venue for their, their owners and their plus ones. And they even rented out a yacht. Um, I'm a holder of uh, an NFT project called Party Degenerates. They set up parties and dinners and stuff too. Um, and then after that, there was Miami Art Basel or Basel. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm not rich in, in that, in that <laughs> tier, right? Uh, but Basil. same thing. Yeah, Basil, whatever. They had the same thing, you know, art galleries where people can go see some of these digital arts and, you know, displayed on some screens and kind of in a curated gallery form, dinners, parties, et cetera. But I think that's still kind of the early phases of what it could possibly be, right? So um, that's just kind of currently where, where the state of the NFT space is in real world utility. Uh, now, uh, Alan, I, uh, Marcel, I know Marcel has some NFTs and what are some of the NFTs that you hold? Uh, well, so there's a lot of projects that I got early involved in. Um, the first real big project that I was involved in was Alka Bones. And this, this was like, this was like the project that a lot of people like gave up on, um, because 
they thought it was going to be a rug pull and um the moderator started kind of like firing back at the community and saying hey you know we're tired blah 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 i didn't get minted correctly and they weren't verified right so OpenSea didn't get the verification until later on to the on the project but you know i, I got in early um and there's you know the roadmap changes right so it, the projects that I've been in, I feel like the roadmap changes pretty fast. Um, another project, Cypherian Surge, which was one of my favorites, is is the the plan was really just a game, and now there's a token, now there's play to earn. So now the whole project just shifted its gears into like accelerate. I mean, like it's just backed up by. Um, you know, $7 million VC fund. Now they raised $49 million, $8 million in tokens. So not only can I stake my um, NFT, I'll be able to play and earn money on that token as I'm in that space, which that's a popular thing now. What we talked about is play to earn, right? So, you, you know, the pioneers, Axie Infinity, um, was really the key you know spearheading this whole project group of you know play to earn and a lot of these new projects now like a big one sin city a lot of people um that are backing that project up like the founder of twitch justin Collins, backing that project up mm -hmm. um there's all these brand new projects that are popping up and like you know we go back to adidas right like right now adidas originals into the metaverse as we spoke as this podcast started and almost 30 minutes ago, it was 0.6 floor price Ethereum for one of this. So it's maybe 2000. So in the last 30 minutes, it just went up 588 bucks wow. in real time. Right. So this is happening in real time. Um, and whether we like it or not, I mean, it's timing. It's all about timing. Like, do I want to drop $2,500 on this project? I do, but do I really want to drop $2,500 on this project? No. You know what I mean? Um, because right now Adidas has the hype. Nike has a hype. So it's hype. That's the word of the of this year is hype. How hype is this project? FOMO. <laughs> yeah. FOMO. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it, it's absolutely – it's a tricky – uh, slope to navigate but if you have a lot of people um, that you can learn from honestly if I didn't have anybody to learn from I would have failed all my projects you know it's always to have somebody um, to have a second opinion um, and and really look at projects in a bigger scope versus just hey how much money is this going to make right am I going to make anything like this project that Adidas um Created so it's a project between Board Ape Yacht Club, Punks Comic, and G all money. the OG. Yeah, G Money, right? And okay, so it's into the metaverse phase one right now. So there's thirty thousand, uh, sixteen thousand five hundred owners, and it just started minting today. So that means it's already all sold out. If it's on the open sea, that means it's on secondary market already, right? It's already. It's like so, boom, baby. So OpenSea is secondary market. So what would be, I guess, uh, the primary market would be kind of that first bidder or that first buyer. Kind of going onto their website and minting from their smart contract. 
that's typically how you'll you'll get first i guess first hand buys um some projects will kind of mint directly onto OpenSea, and then you mm -hmm. can be the first buyer on that project but for the most part they'll they'll set up a website kind of have this whole drop process and that's where you know like alan said the hype is built up where the fomo comes in oh let me correct myself i said it's for the adidas project yesterday it was minted yesterday at 0.5 right minted at 0.5 and now it just peaked at 0.7 so this project will probably go to one ETH this week hands down now now um, when you guys say minting and minted is that just the floor price it gets released um, at or yeah take it take it this way um i, I picture this someone explained it to me it's like you believe in this project you love this project you're paying up front to see this first basically right vip i'm gonna pay money to first see this first see this avengers marvel movie right so we're minting on the website it's really solidifying and knowing that your project is gonna you already paid your dividend you're basically just printing money from then if you mint all your ten thousand whatever xyz and like you have four or five whales on your squad that can bid on a mint project that, that, that you know after they buy it initially for like 0.1 and then they resell it to another dude who buys it for like 500 ETH this is how they these markets get skewed right it only takes two to three whales to affect the floor price right because that's what it is that's what uh, crypto punks is I mean Look at the wallet transactions. Everything is on Etherscan. This is why it's so open source and decentralized. You could check, fact check everybody. And a lot of these things is controlled by four, four to five percent of whales that are like in this conglomerate, just hyping all these prices up. Man, do you really think people are going to pay five hundred ETH for a JPEG that's like seventy-two by seventy-two? Ask yourself this. No. But the utility of it, because of these big dudes and the, the media and the market and what's what's going on, I mean, it's not an NFT that's playable to earn. You know, you can't do anything with it. But, I mean, it's just worth much. Now, what if we get hit up uh, on our side of the head and we all lose, you know, we all have, like, dementia or amnesia, right? Are we going to pay 500 ETH for that? No. We're going to pay for whatever we think it is. And it's probably bottom level price. So it's really a perception, right? How do we perceive this project? And is the utility of this project going to further me in the long run? And Adidas does a great job, like Nike, who just hopped on a studio project. They are so good at what Marcel said, FOMO. I mean, I'm, I'm in the FOMO. I'm looking at five celebrations, like, you know, ETV boxes that I got from Target and my cool gray Jordans that I bought, right? <laughs> So I'm a hype. I get I get fed on the hype and the FOMO, and that's the project based advertising. That's why it's so important. Like us as advertising, you know, when we were at UT, we understand the fundamentals of what they're trying to do. They're really, they're really control. They've been kind of like controlling us, like slightly, slowly with Facebook and ads and Instagram, and you know, TikTok and whatever. Now, when we dive in this market, we're literally going setting you know we're paying for stuff that we're not even having it physically right like why why are we buying 20 dollar call of duty skins 
because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah I, I would say see. it's you know? the, look, the look cool. And it, I think it to me, like with the Call of Duty uh, skins, it's kind of like a level of status within that. Social currency. That. Yeah, it's that social currency. And, you know, my friends, they, they go and they buy the Rambo skin. And it's kind of like, man, I want that just to have it. Yeah, because um, I want to be part of the squad. Yeah, you, know, you want to be part of the squad. And so that's the thing, right? It's a lot of like cultism in a sense. And we have to, we have to admit most of our society is cultism right? Like I want the nice clothes because I want to fit in with this group, mm. right? I want to drive the nice car because I want to fit in with this group, or I want to speak a certain way so I can fit in with this group. Constantly as human beings, we want to fit in because that's what we're kind of programmed to do. That's how we survive, right? If you get shunned in tribal times, you're, you're not surviving on your yeah, own for yeah, the most part, right? You need the help of, of, a, of a group. And so now, it's shifted from us trying to fit in and help and hunt and gather to we're buying things to make people like us, to make us, you know, to validate us as a part of the group, right? You can see it on social media. You can kind of tell trends, right? Like everyone starts doing a trend. Or one person does a trend, it catches some virality and guess what? Everyone's doing it because they want to be in, like they want to be hip, they want to be cool, they want to be accepted. And so a lot of these projects feed off of that. You see a crypto punk on Twitter and I guarantee you they have a ton of followers. Why? Because CryptoPunk right now is known as one of the top tier projects. It's like the blue chip. And so everyone wants to be a part of them. So they'll follow them, try to hear what they have to say, even if they have no clue what they're talking about. And eventually hope one day they can get a CryptoPunk so they can be a part of the elite group, right? That's what Board 8 Yacht Club kind of feeds into as well. Yeah, I think a lot of that, like uh, being left out is a lot of it has to do with like, uh, you know, all these influencers and um, making it, you know, hyping up that demand demand um so i think that's definitely has contributed to that cultural shift of yeah. wanting this, to be accepted and this happens everywhere it's right it's just not nfts you, yeah. you look at a, a tiktok influencer they put on a pair of pants that makes their butt look bigger and guess what you see a crap ton of girls the next day with the exact same <laughs> pants because they yeah. feel like that's what's in right or you look at kids there's all these tiktok dances and they all know them because that's that's what's in, man. That's how you have to, you know, they, they sell you a lifestyle. They send you like a culture. They don't send you an actual, you know, you end up, you end up being the product in the end. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, true. I mean, like you go on TikTok and you see 10 videos in a row of people doing all the exact same thing. Exactly. Um, and it, it, it's kind of unfortunate in my opinion of, you know, that it kind of takes away from the individualism of, you know, everybody kind of uh, expressing themselves in their own way. Um, it's kind of everyone's biting off of each other right now. And for sure, uh, I mean, I mean, that's just the way it is now. And but who knows where it's going to be in the influencer space is going to be in the next 10 to 20 years, just like, uh, you know, celebrities, they don't have the same level of uh i guess reach that, that that they have opposed to the influencers um but anyways like yeah that's just my spiel on on influencers and kind of like the cultural <laughs> trend uh, I, I oh i think man. it's gonna get worse too i mean everything's just becoming oh more absolutely digital, right? so yeah yeah like uh, going back to like the digital advertising like um you know, you would just see when it comes to like the military recruiting ads, uh, it just, you know, the commercials that they would have or just whatever they make. Uh, but I, I've started to see now 
some of the influencers that I follow, like this one guy, he does a lot of uh, videos where he dives down, uh, like in different uh, waters. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I, ha- I had an ad for the Navy and it was him. And he's like, here I am with the Navy divers. And I got to dive with them and explore here under this battleship. Uh, and it was, and it was an ad for the Navy. Yep. Um, so I definitely do agree that it's just going to get worse and a lot of advertising is going to have yeah you have call of duty pros that go do a challenge sponsored by the army right it's like a nerf war mm-hmm. and it's like oh and the army is sponsoring this like that's that's insane right where before it was like oh they would put a commercial with a well-known actor or something of the sort so it, yeah. it's definitely changing quickly um i mean it, it has a lot to do with a big subject in sociology is like the utility of someone's um gifts right like the whole point of currency in 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 early stages of human was was gifting right i mean bartering and exchanging was the first type of currency and that evolved into you know us having gold you know and then us having gold backed by the dollar bill i mean reverse that i mean gold dollar bill backed by the gold now we have credit now we have digital currency so the commodification of each NFT really has to be uh, interpreted on whatever market it's in, right? So if this market of NFT is, like, for example, in the Solana market or, or whatever, whatnot, or what have you, like OpenSea, like let's say Ethereum market, that market is going to represent their NFT, their digital portfolio. They're going to be represented by what the market chooses. Like, is that NFT a utility for this whole market? Is it showing uh, exposure? Because a lot of these projects that are on OpenSea, you see a lot of projects that are on Polygon now, right? And, Solana. and, and Ethereum. Yeah, Solana. So there's a lot of them are, are, are exposing different platforms, which is great. But at the end of the day, when we look at it, like, when I look at my portfolio and I look at it, I'm like, at the end of the day, if I showed this to my mom or dad, I would get smacked upside the head and say, have you taken your antidepressants lately? <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. Now we've evolved into creating generational and passive income. So now it has evolved and now how the way we interpret or translate this type of currency is, 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 is referenced on how we live our life. Like I know a friend who is in the crypto sphere and let's just say he bought a bunch of Ferraris this year and he's doing well and, you know, um, all through one token and one coin and this belief system. And that's Shib. <laughs> Yolo. Ship to the moon. <laughs> yeah, that you guys are the ship masters. Uh, but that's that's the thing. Everyone wants to get a. Everyone wants to hit the lotto, right? Of course. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's this is gambling. We're gambling, right? We're gambling in in every part of the way. Like this is like we don't have odds. Here. It's just like we're throwing is is we're throwing money in the air and we're paying us uh uh, uh artifact that we see in the 3d space but right now when this metaverse gets created we could experience it and that's the thing it's the shift of augmented reality metaverse reality like is there going to be a distinction now or like 
are we going to be Neuralink type crap? Like, hey, let's go let it, you know, is it ready player one type metaverse or is it Neuralink, your whole physical body is just in a space and then your mental consciousness is uploaded through XYZ, right? We don't know. So um, it can be a common both, right? Um, so we're, we're already on the tippity top top of the, the surface. And I mean, it, it's so actively growing. Like we're at the big bang. That's what I like to call it. Like we're in the big bang and it's expanding so fast that we are infinitely, right? We don't know where, what way it's going to go. Is it going to go exponentially faster? I'm assuming, yeah, it's going to, the technology and the blockchain is going to be evolving. Um, machine learning is going to be evolving. Artificial intelligence is going to be evolving. Real life situations, but, you know, Marcel talked about earlier, um, it's going to be evolving. That's going to be more physical, tangible objects, maybe, or maybe physical, tangible objects in our head that's trained to feel that way, right? So that's the distinction. It's like we're coming into full completion of what our body and consciousness exists. And that's that's on a transcendent, you know, that's a more philosophical view of the NFT market space in the universe. But uh, but in a more market sense, it's, it's unpredictable. And, um, you know, I, I keep reiterating, it's like we have to understand that not everything is happy balloons, you know, butterflies. There's a lot of things out there in this market. Man, you'll be crap. That's absolute crap. Yeah. (laughs) One thing I I have a hard time understanding. uh, And I, you know, I've been seeing like, I think it was Snoop Dogg. He bought like a couple million dollar virtual plot of land, house or whatever. And I'm seeing more and more of these virtual homes sell for, $500,000. $500,000. And that's basically the equivalent of an actual home that we see. And yeah. I, and it, I, to me, the way I understand it is it's kind of just banking on that, that metaverse of that ready player one where we're consciously there. Um, but at the same time, it just seems like the equivalent of a Minecraft house. I got three, I got three points to that. So I'm oh, sorry. I'll let you finish. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it just seems like the, a Minecraft house that you can just build whenever. Why can't we just build more space uh, in the virtual world? Or why do we have to put a price on these virtual homes? So, you know, the, a lot of this digital land is still scarce, right? So like, for example, Decentraland has a set number of plots. Of course, they could do some type of development or I would guess some type of like bonus pack where they could add more land in a different sense, right? But there are still like in normal land, really key points that you want to be in, right? Like really valuable real estate. Um, So the first point is like, imagine you're Coca-Cola and your marketing budget is, I don't know, come up with a number, Tate. What do you think Coke's marketing budget is? I definitely hundred millions. Like I'm sure. Right. On everything, commercials, you know, branding, et cetera. Now imagine you can go into a game that might be extremely popular. Let's say I'm a big fan of Decentraland, but you know, don't go buy Mana if, unless you want to. Uh, <laughs> but let's say, yeah, let's say Decentraland ends up boasting crazy numbers. Let's say hold, it has- Hold on one second, one second. Just so you know, because of you, I went, I, I bought a hundred dollars worth of uh, Decentraland. Just don't just buy do anything it. based on me. <laughs> just buy, to do anyway. it. So if I, if I lose out on a hundred dollars, I'm going to blame it all on you. 
Yeah, that's, oh, a, that's fine. By the way, this isn't financial advice, so anybody this that is we not say, financial advice. <laughs> hey, now, now's, now's your guys' time to drop whatever cryptocurrency you're having and just promote it, and whoever show, hears it, show just your bags. Them. Yeah, just show your bag. Yeah, just uh, kidding. But anyways, go ahead, Marcel. Yeah. So then, imagine like let's say let's say Decentraland's boasting three million three million concurrent players, right? Crazy. And the game, you basically spawn in in a similar location every single time. It's like a hub. And let's say Coke wants to get in front of those players. So why not buy a piece of digital real estate that maybe cost them $500,000 and they build something in that piece of real estate that is just all marketing, whether Mm -hmm. it's like a, a game that they can play and it's like all Coke branded, or it's like a museum of all the Coke bottles that existed or like the history of Coke, Mm -hmm. right? So now it sounds stupid, but it's like anything else. Some companies will pay thousands of dollars to put a simple ad on a YouTube video. Yeah. It's because all it takes is for people to see it, they recognize it and it's there. So for a company that's massive and has a crap ton of money, it's a no brainer to spend that money and get your, you basically imagine how many companies want to get into Fortnite right now just to put that stuff in front of kids you know they're doing deals with marvel doing all that because guess what that's marketing for them and yeah so- now that now that you explain it that way i mean it goes back to what alan said about the whole uh, chipotle and roblox thing where they exactly. put that ad and you had all these kids uh, redeeming it or nike uh- and nike land right and then you have all these kids that want nikes and want to go to nike land and have fun so and spend money there so it, it to me that's a no-brainer the second part is Oh, I said I do. I understand. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. And the, and the second part is you have these people that, again, were gambling, kind of see the similar trends. And so they want to get ahead of this. So they want to buy that land for a crazy price, thinking they'll 10, 20, 100,000 exit in the future. Um, and then the third part, right, which kind of relates to second part and the first part is right now you have a lot of people with a lot of money because of this kind of burst. There are a lot of crypto millionaires at the point. Right. Mm. And a lot of these people have a very fake sense of confidence that they hit it once they can hit it again. So they're taking a lot of the money that they made and they're throwing into these spaces. So you're right. Not no normal person is going to throw $500,000 in a plot of digital land. It's probably a whale or a newly made whale because they feel like they can do it again. Right. So if you kind of think of those three, three, that's where that's kind of making the most sense. Um, but there's probably other utilities that'll come out of that that might make that land worth, you know, $20,000, whether it's mm-hmm. the home of your digital avatar, where you can build a brand around them, and then they can be extremely valuable, make that land even worth more. So there's, there's, there's possibilities there for sure. Yeah, uh, now that you said that about the whole branding part, uh, I forgot what basketball player that wore his uh, uh, board ape uh, on his basketball shoes. His and, shoes, yeah. And you said that can create its own whole new brand right there in itself. Yep, exactly. Imagine if he put, makes a sweater out of it and people like him. So a oh crap, I'm, I'm a 13 year old kid. I'm a fan of whatever his name is. I'm going to buy a sweater just like I would buy any YouTubers merch. Mm. Right. So that, that ape might've cost him 12 grand at the time, but now he's just netted $600,000 off of selling merch with its face on it. Right. So there, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for the marketing side of, like reality yeah Yeah. i mean it it just seems like just crazy money is just getting thrown into crypto right now and um i think that's anywhere though i think yeah anywhere yeah definitely i think right now you can go to a car dealership and a used car is almost as much as 
a, a new car just because oh yeah it. like uh, my cousin so like we he moved from california to texas and you know he had his truck he never really drove it mm-hmm. um but it was it was still had still had a couple you know thousand miles on it used and he was able to sell it pay off the debt of the truck and still make a profit off of his own used vehicle yeah man it's crazy and it's not only that right but real estate is more expensive mm-hmm. you know companies are making more money because they're charging more despite their supply chain issues you mm-hmm. have employees that are getting paid more as people transition for jobs and these top tier companies are paying more to keep talent so there's just a lot of money flowing right and that's kind of the argument for inflation and the government you know gave us too much money to play with whatever but it, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Eventually, I think things will crash and will calm down a little bit, but a lot of these things that have value will likely keep their value in the macro sense. Yeah. Um, so going back to like the broader scheme of things, and I know we've all already talked about it as far as the, the direction of the NFT world and cryptocurrency. I guess my question for you guys is what are you guys' hopes and vision for nfts where, where would you like it to go <laughs> i'll let alan um, go first um i mean that's a great question i i think i think there's a there's a time and a place for everything and you know we are so i mean it's this is so brand new still that this can you can't do a 360 because you'll be at the same place, but a 180, right? It would be what's these NFTs 180 and go south, right? Or what if, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, but the direction and the space of what we're trying to fit this whole whole conception of is 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 there. Now we just have to have the real world technology to do it. You know, Intel already said hey, we need more chips. We need bigger, faster chips to run on the metaverse. And that's very hard right now because of the supply chain, right? So yeah. it could it could go a lot of ways. And I think of the, the, the cryptocurrency market now, as of this week, is reflecting a lot of projects. And the NFT market right this week is reflect, reflecting a lot of you know, pullbacks and corrections. And I think in in the future, I wish and I hope that, you know, some of these NFT projects evolve, right? That's that's my wish is evolve into bigger um, ways of income streams that whoever believes in this these projects, um, they reward their, you know, initial investors who are, or, or whatever uh, type of, you know, residual earning. You know what I mean? It's all about, creating a roadmap for your, for your holders. I mean, that's, that's really just rewarding. I mean, I think NFT, NFT should always reward the people that believed in you. You know what I mean? So that's what it is. It's like people are giving you money because they believe in your work. Right. So in, in, in theory, if that happens, then it should evolve. It should evolve into something bigger and be live, you know, with you every day, you know, it's already with us, but I mean, maybe it'll, you know, change your, the way you look at things, you know what I mean? So this can make or break us, right? Um, like we said earlier in crypto, um, these projects are, they could turn you a millionaire overnight, right? So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a good point. Honestly, I think the biggest terms I can use is like a consumer revolution, right? I think there've been a lot of opportunities in history that have created a lot of wealth or have caused a lot of wealth creation. I think this is just one of those. Um, now you have artists that can be monetized more quickly, whether it's uh, actual artist, uh, music artist, a writer, um, where now they can sell their product as an NFT. Of course, it doesn't have to be at a ridiculous price, but let's say I am a musician and I want to sell my first album. I can mint 20,000 of them like I would if I were to create a physical album and sell them for a reasonable price. And now instead of waiting for a record deal or someone to come give me a bonus in advance to make music for them, I can do it myself, right? Same thing with a book, same thing with a piece of art. Um, so it empowers them. And in doing so, you also empower people that want to be creators that might not have the funds to create now have an option to do so. So like you said, you know, your initial holders, let's say you want to create a game and you have a great vision and you have a plan. If you can come up with an NFT or some type of project to have people mint and if they really believe in it, they can buy it and be your kind of initial investors, right? And now use those funds to create your project and the people that initially invested in you get a return because now the NFT is more valuable or they get to get a dividend off of that. Um, and, you know, we have, like he was talking about earlier, all this emerging tech that is now converging. So you have AR and VR, you have AI machine learning, you have the advances in like Starlink to where more people have internet around the world. You have faster, better computers that are more affordable and more portable. And I think it's all just going to combine to like this singularity type moment <laughs> where, yeah, I mean, it is where anyone around the world can get involved in decentralized finance. They can play a play to earn game. They can move money across borders without, you know, restrictions. Um, they can mint a project An artist in Zimbabwe, you know, that has a, you know, they can mint a project and sell their art to people internationally and have international collectors. It's, I think it's just a, you know, it's just, yeah, it is a revolution of how people are going to be interconnected and can, you know, share these different assets in the digital world. Um, now that you brought up, you know, someone being able to move money across countries and uh, that aspect, uh, you know, one thing I've seen is that, you know, people are saying that NFTs are, are uh, scam money laundering blah, yeah, blah, blah, money, blah, blah. money laundering that's a perfect loophole for money laundering and uh like just a way for people to escape uh it's a tax loophole for them um i i don't understand it because unless they're a, just a genius and they can stay extremely anonymous on the internet right and mm -hmm. don't leave any any crumbs everything's audible on on the blockchain every transaction is recorded forever and anyone can access it. So in reality, if I wanted to launder money, I would definitely not do it in crypto or in the NFT space, right? Now I will say there are a lot of scammers that are getting money grabs and running away with the money, right? So that's mm -hmm. different, but yeah, I wouldn't put in a million dollars into an NFT and hold it for a year just to avoid a 30%, you know, tax rate or 50% tax rate. I'd rather do it in other forms. I'd rather buy an actual physical piece of art that no one can audit. No one can know <laughs> where I got it from, right? I could buy it from my second cousin and no one would know, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a lot of people that don't understand the space that are coming up with any possible reason that right. they can say they don't like it. Yeah. Um, so, I, so the way I feel when it comes to like this whole cryptocurrency and NFTs, I... I kind of feel like, you know, I've always been kind of up to date with technology, but as the, the older I get, I kind of feel how 
my mom would feel when it came to video games or the new technology. I kind of feel that kind of gap coming from me fast. Yeah. And it, and I definitely don't want to be left behind and, and uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of scary to see how quickly things can change technology wise from one year to the next. And just, you know, from the time I was born all seeing and looking back on how technology has evolved since then, since 1998 or even 2010. Oh yeah. 2010, 2021, 2017 to 2022. Like it's, it's just insane. And so see, there's two different reactions to that, right? There's the, I don't understand it. It's moving fast, but I'm going to accept it and adopt it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. There's that approach, right? Cause I get it. Even right now there's like trends that are going on that I have no like I don't have any understanding of why they're funny or why they're doing it. Right. But whatever, I accept it. The, the kids I coach, they, they do all of them, whatever, do your thing. Right. I'm not going to hit on you. Or mm. there's two, you're scared of it because you don't understand it. So you deny it and you hate it. Right. You try to push it as far away as possible because you don't want it to impede your life. And you saw that a lot with video games, with the internet, you know, how many articles there were that claimed the internet was a fad and it was dumb and there's no reason for it. And, you know, it's, it's up to you. And that's why I think right now it's a moment of wealth creation, because if you believe in it and you adopt it and you try to learn, there's a lot of opportunity for you to at least be ready for what's coming in the future and find opportunity in it. And if you're scared, you're going to try to hate on it and make excuses as to why it shouldn't be a thing. And you'll miss out just like people missed out on Amazon, Netflix, anything possible. Right. Alan, do you have anything? No, I mean, it pretty much sums up a lot of the, you know, um, things that's going on and what people are feeling, honestly. Um, I mean, we have to understand that we are still always learning new projects uh, on the daily. And it might, you know, one project might, you know, whoever's listening out there, one project might really interest you and you believe in that project and go for it. I mean, um, but the best advice, um, not even advice, but what I've learned in navigating through these waters is really take a step back, look at, at not a not a consumer point, but as a developer, like what's the roadmap? What's the future of this NFT? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, is the utility of this NFT going to make us, um, you know, a logo is what gets the person there. A brand keeps them coming back right so that's the whole point of this whole business is like branding and iron at these kinks and making sure that you believe in this brand and the brand is this company you know so um you know whether what we are team pc or you know xbox or ps5 that's that's a brand you know um that's a brand that we love and we are you know, culturally motivated. So um, this NFT whole uh, beginning stage of it and infancy is, 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 is kind of like an open market right now. What direction am I going to go? You know, when it comes down to coming into the metaverse, getting involved in the metaverse or being, you know, kind of watching from afar and the NFTs are the perfect stepping stone you know, to, to be in that space and cut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not done. Well, I, I, I still no. got one more question. Okay. Uh, so uh, 
crypto mining, you know, you're seeing all these little facilities pop up, you know, in the middle of nowhere, crypto mining. Um, do you guys see that as being a, a thing of longevity or just, you know, it's going to be easily just shut down by the government? Um, I think it, whatever government shuts down, it's just going to migrate to another, another country, another nation that might be more open to it. Um, and the countries that are more accepting towards it and embrace it will probably be the next round of, you know, superpowers in the world. And not only because it'll bring a lot of money and revenue, but it'll open them up to the ability to trade more often, right? I think right now it's easy for the U.S. to set embargoes on a country because who controls the money supply of the world, basically us, mm. right? But now you open up this decentralized open market where money can be moved quickly from one country to another, it'll be hard for them to stop that. So, um, yeah, so I think it, it could be, it's going to be something that's going to continue and it has to, that's every blockchain needs miners and validators. So for the heavier ones, they'll need those facilities to stay open. Now, like, you know, for the cities like Miami and New York, I keep, I, you know, I was listening to NPR and they were talking about Miami, Miami coin. Yeah. Miami coin trying to be the, the city, uh, like crypto city of the U S um, and having that competition with the New York city and having that adoption uh, within the businesses around there. Um, what are your guys' thoughts of, you know, all these different cities uh, having their own different coin and, I, I mean, <laughs> for the ahead. most part, I think it's a good idea. I mean, for it, it'll add utility to, you know, living in that city. So you can basically invest in that city and the projects they're working on. And, you know, depending on how they set up the structure, you can take votes in, in an easier manner of where that money should be moving and how it should go. Um, I know Miami has promised like the people that buy Miami coin will get a dividend. So another form of passive income as a city expands and becomes more valuable in the crypto space so you know i'm not against it but i think it there should definitely be considerations in how it needs to be done because it mm. could definitely be done the completely wrong way interesting well all right marcel allen thank you for uh being my uh nft and cryptocurrency subject matter experts uh, not an expert do your own research <laughs> don't don't do anything based on anything i said on this podcast Buy, 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 uh, mana, buy whatever, uh, Marcel said to buy. I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I would like to, you know, do another episode on NFTs again, uh, the more I learn. Um, so last thing, special shout outs from you guys. If you guys want to shout out your Instagrams, Alan's already done it before, but if any resources that you guys want to drop or whatever, just go ahead and do it now. Uh, yeah. Um, uh Thanks for uh, having us on the show and I enjoyed the podcast. And uh, if you guys want to learn about what I do and why I have this information at hand, you can visit our website, um, conception.work, um, one of our advertising agencies, and then our vaccine software management tool, Vaxer, that's V-A-X-Y-R.com um, to learn more. I sound like a commercial. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Tate. I uh, like to knock off the rust of not speaking on camera, you know, about this stuff. So it was nice. Um, yeah, I don't really have any businesses for you to follow, but you can follow me at XCVII underscore Marcel on Instagram. I'll post some really cryptic stuff. Or you can follow me at the same handle on Twitter, and that's where you'll see me 
just kind of talk about all this stuff and my personal thoughts. Um, so yeah, that, and I would just say, get involved. If you want to learn, that's the best way to do it. It's like riding a bike. You can't read research papers on how to ride a bike. You just got to try it. So um, just get out there and do it. Just do it. <laughs> just all do right, it. guys. Thank you. I'll Hell let you yeah. know when I upload it. It'll be soon, but I appreciate Shit. it. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> that was what's up man how long was that like an hour and a half yeah hold on i'm trying to end it all right thank you for listening